0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we began chapter two with these analytics on different kinds of offerings. And I do think of this a bit like a Venn diagram, that the rabbis have got Teruma and Begrim and Marser Sheni in their heads. And in the first three Mishnayot, we looked at the the three overlaps, in other words, of these of these three items in the Venn diagram, Ni Big Begrim, and Truma, they effectively you can knock one of the three out at any one time. You're left with two, and that's the two left over are effectively the the subject of the first three Mishnayon, and we're we're going to continue down the same structure but in a slightly different way. So we're going to begin now on the fourth Mishnah with aspects of Bikurim which are unique, which don't apply to Truma or marcel Sheni. So it's the other side of the Venn diagram. And we we know that, well, and that, of course that should be the subject of the whole Maseh. V'yesh Bikurim, be Ein Ken B'Trumah of marcel there are some things about Bikurim which are unique. They don't apply to Tron Massa. And the first one, which is very obvious, and we will learn that in the next chapter, the beginning of the third chapter, is that Bikurim can be can be chosen while still attached to the soil. She'a Bikurim bi'muchubar And we're going to learn at the beginning of the third chapter that the farmer goes down into his field and he attaches uh, a marker a piece of string to the plot. he says these are the Bikurim so he marks them out and this Mishnah then but the language of the Mishnah is not marking out its its possession. Nik-nin. Bikurim can become acquired when they're attached to the soil and this is actually a reference to the priest in other words once he has once the farmer has put his marking on the Bikurim, this missionary is saying that the priest actually acquires ownership over that, um, over that plant in the field. And it's an interesting question, by the way, because I don't think at this point we know which priest is going to get the big But the Mishnah seems to be saying that ownership has transferred in some sense once that marking has taken place, even before the big grim have been separated and taken out. Now, along similar lines, you can make your whole field Bikurim if you want. And we learnt when we learnt about um, Trummer and Marseille, that if you say my whole field, my whole threshing floor is Marseille, we haven't said anything actually, that the Trummer and Marseille have to be taken from the produce. Somehow that doesn't apply to Bikurim. And then we've learned, he's actually responsible for them until they get to the um, until they get to the Beit Midrash, even though ownership somehow seems to pass over when he marks them out. And then we're going to learn in the third chapter, they need a korban. They're going to have a, a, a korban shlamim. That's a a peace offering or a whole offering. Veshir, and there's a song. Utnufa, and the priest waves them. And Linas, and the person bringing them, spends a night in Jerusalem. And both the Rambam and the Bartonur actually bring a pasuk for each one of these. And I, th- I think they probably take them from the Sifre or the Jerusalem Talmud, although they bring slightly different pasuk in just to demonstrate all, all these works. And I, I didn't think we had time to jump into all of these, so I, I didn't want to stop on the Pasukim. But there is a Pasuk for all of them, and the easiest way of getting the Pasuk is in the Barthin So that this mission, the fourth mission, it really finishes off the analysis of Bikurim. And now we're going to jump into Trumat-Marser. Now, Trumat-Marser is the 10th, which a Levi separates from his Maser. So a ma- the ordinary Maser is a tenth that goes to the Levi, but the Levi himself has to separate a tenth of the tenth and give it to the Kohen. So this Trumat Maser, this tenth of the tenth, it's like bikrim in two ways, and it's like Truma in two ways. <laughs> So we're going back into the analytics. So it's like Bikurim in the sense that Ni you can take it from pure. You can take it from pure for impure. Mukaf, and you can take it from produce, which is not close. And, and I think the rabbis are connecting these two, that they they do not want you to take from the the um, the, the truma needs to be taken. We, when we learn the halachos or truma, we learn the principle of like for like. That if you're exempting produce which is clean, you have to take from produce which is clean. And of course, in order to be sure of that, you need produce which is close because you have to know that it's clean. So those two are connected. That that's a requirement for truma, but not for Bikram. And along the other, and um, in parallel, ve'ofseretit agorin, ve'yesh l'chiru We're talking about truma maser now. So truma maser. Oserejedaggoran. We we learned that there are some kinds of offerings, and um, masere is the classic for which which make the threshing floor forbidden. In other words, that you can't eat anything on the threshing floor until you've taken out the macer. and this seems to apply to the levy as well. So the maybe the Levy has taken out his. Maybe the Lévi has been given his masser in ears of corn, which have not yet been threshed. So the Lévi is going to put him on the threshing floor. But he can't, until he's until he's taken out his true masseur, until he's taken out the tenth of the tenth, he actually can't eat anything from that threshing floor at all. And then finally... Yes,lashiur It's got a, a measure like truma. Bikurim don't have a measure. You can take anything for Bikurim, but we know that trumat maseir, the tenth of a tenth, has got a measure because it's a tenth, and we've learned that. It's very interesting. We seem to be none of these are new halachot. I mean, that's. I, I mean, I think that's what I find most interesting and puzzling about this chapter. None of these are old hal- Are new halachot? We're going over old halakha, which we know, but somehow we're presenting it in a way that makes it easy to understand. Maybe for the students in the Beit Midrash, or maybe we're going back and reflecting on the patterns after we've learned the halacha. Maybe it's because we're at the end of the of the order of Zera'im. We're going back and um, we're going back to reconsider everything we've learned so far. Something like that, I'm not quite sure. But once we get into this habit of going back and looking at the patterns and reconsidering what we've learned so far, we are going to jump into other sorts of comparisons. So here we're going to jump into the etrog. Etrog is like a tree in three ways and like a vegetable in one way. And with this statement, we're going to kick off by a whole bunch of comparisons, which are going to occupy us for the rest of the chapter. So what are are the three ways? Well, I mean, Etrog grows on a tree, right? So, and uh, it, it grows on a tree, so maybe it should be like a tree in all respects. And actually, Rabbi Eliezer, that's Rabbi Eliezer's view. Rabbi Eliezer is a purist, and he says, look, an Etrog is like, well, the, the first opinion in the mission is not quite like that. Shavela it's, it's like Ilan, it's like a tree in, in three ways, as far as or, Orla and Rivi and Shavit. And these are all and these are all time-bound issues. These are all to do with calendar. So Orla is the prohibition of eating in the first three years we're going to say it's like a tree in the sense that we count what year it's in from when the fruit is formed. That, by the way, is why we mark the new year for trees around the very, um, we're going to mark it really in the depth of the, just at the end of the winter, when nothing is really growing very much. And certainly trees aren't forming fruit. Anything that forms its fruit before um, the 15th of Shavat is going to be in the previous year for, for purposes of Orla and Shavit. And Natiyat um, Ravai is the, this third year. In the, the first three years... The fruit is forbidden, but the fourth year, the fruit taken to Jerusalem in the same way that Bikurim are taken. Maybe that's, maybe that's the a connection or the illusion in this Mishnah. So there is something slightly connected to Bikurim here. In the fourth year, it's going to be taken to Jerusalem and eaten. But all of these three areas are defined by when the fruit is formed. And that's not so for, well, these don't apply to, these halachot don't apply to vegetables anyway. But the Mishnah continues, vilayyarek, the etrog is like vegetables in one area, which is that its its um, ma'aser goes when it's picked, rather than when the fruit is formed, according to Rabban Gamliel. So you might have, a f- you might have a fruit, an etrog fruit, which starts to get formed in the seventh year. So it will be ownerless in the seventh year. But as far as macer is concerned, it would go in the eighth year. Now, I think that's a meaningless issue because there's no if it's seventh year produce, there's no Marseille liable on it. But I think if we follow the other example, if it's the fruits formed in the sixth year, then it's, yeah, it, maybe for Marseille it's treated like seventh year. It's a, it's a, this, is a, this is a very odd halacha and I'm not quite sure I'm qualified to actually think through all of the ramifications. And maybe that's why Rabbi Eliezer says, look, it's like a tree in all respects. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict.